Welcome to the A Better Way to Farm podcast, where we share serious secrets about profitable farming. We appreciate you taking the time to join us, and we hope that you'll love the knowledge we share not only with you today, but also in future episodes. So let's get right into it. Hey everyone, Tyler here, field agronomist with A Better Way to Farm, where we spend each and every day providing solutions to farmers to grow better crops and to make more money. I hope that you're having a great day, and thank you for tuning in to our podcast. We really appreciate the time you guys give us, not only here on this platform, but also on our Facebook page. Now, today, I'm really excited because we've invited another team member that's in our program and on our sales team, and he's really seen the power of our community really work for him and how what we do has taken his operation to a higher level. So, Sam farms with his dad and also has a few other side hustles that we'll probably talk about. But we're just super excited to have Sam Shanks on with us today. So, Sam, thanks for joining us, bud. How are you doing today? Hey, Tyler. I'm doing really great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely, man. I'm excited. You know, we actually sent out a Facebook post to our, you know, the team members and said, hey, anybody interested in, in kind of jumping on and doing these podcasts? We've heard, you know, a lot of people like the content that Rod provides, but there's a few of us, and I'll be honest with you, I mean, granted, I'm here talking with you, so I love doing this stuff, but I really like hearing from you guys, you, you know, when we get to do these interviews and we get to hear the stories and the testimonials and the things from the grower's point of view, I just absolutely love that because that's the most fulfilling and rewarding thing that we get to do about this. It's not about selling fertilizer or, you know, something like that, selling inputs. It's it's truly about helping, you know, Today we have Sam, so we're going to help Sam on his operation and, and take him to that next level. And that's something I can really appreciate. Or how's about we get started with you just telling everyone a little bit about, you know, where you're from and what you do. I, I probably should have hit on it a little bit harder, but you do farm with your father and you do some other things on the side as well. So let's just start from the beginning. Yeah, so I uh, am a sixth generation farmer and we farm in north central Iowa. We're uh, just in a town called North Springs. We're about 10 miles away from Mason City. And so I farm with my dad, my grandfather, who's 80 years old. He retired, you know, a while back. Uh, We're still very fortunate that he gets to help us out and he still can move around good. And, you know, he's quite a bit of a help to us there. So uh, farm with him, and I graduated Iowa State in 2016, and I uh, returned home to uh, to kind of start partnering with my dad to be his farmhand, and I eventually was fortunate enough to get some ground to to rent for myself. That's awesome, and and I appreciate you graduated from Iowa State. You know that's where I graduated from, and and so you know as you look at everyone in the ag community, it's probably the the best school to go to, wouldn't you agree? Oh, without a doubt. And I actually, and I, I joke, you know, it's, it's fun to see, you know, God puts you in the right places when you don't really know it. Uh, I didn't know I wanted to be a farmer at first. And then, so I went to Iowa State thinking I wanted to be a construction engineer. And I found out really quickly that I enjoyed high school math, but I sure did not enjoy engineer college math. <laughs> and so I wasn't sure really what to do. Uh, I knew I was at Iowa State and I ended up in agronomic studies and a minor in agronomy. And I just, I completely fell in love with it. You know, I had no idea I would enjoy soil science so much. And so, uh, yeah, I'm very thankful for my time at Iowa State. And it really helped kind of build a foundation for what we're working with and what we're doing with you guys now. Yep. Yeah. And I I don't want to toot my own horn, but I think it's hilarious that you said that because that math, when you look at the core subjects was definitely my strong suit as well. 
So I, I did the same thing, man. I, I was going to Iowa State. It's going to be ag engineering. I get there, and they're like, yeah, all you got to do is take this math and that class and more math and every math. And it's like, ugh, I don't know if I want to do that much math. That's a lot. So I totally get where you're coming from, and we're super excited to have you on the team. And the other thing that you brought up, and I love how this works because, to me, there's not a lot of things in life that just happen based off of coincidence. You brought up how God, you feel like God had played a role in some of the decisions you make. And that was honestly, that's one of the questions that I was going to ask you about later on, because I knew that that was something that really was important to you. I I know that, you know, some of the decisions you make, you know, you sit down and you pray about and you have to think about that. So I love that fact that you already threw that out there, that you're a godly man and you rely on him to help you make some of those decisions. So I'm going to ask you about that a little bit later, but when you got back home, from Iowa State and your dad and your grandpa are farming, grandpa's thinking about retiring. What did kind of the fertility program look like? How were you guys getting started? What what was kind of that first thing that you thought, oh, okay, this is this is how we do things? Sure. And so it's completely dry broadcast for our phosphorus and our potassium needs. You know, you go out and there is an occasional zone sample soil test. And then but then just kind of like how Rod talks about, we would get a loadout sheet for our results. And it would always be a two-year program, right? And so we're pretty much in a 50-50 corn bean rotation. We like to stick with that as much as possible. So they would come out, uh, they would spread our bean ground with two years worth of 1152 0 and 0060. And then for our nitrogen, that was one of the things, and this ended up, this played a big role in where we are now to finding you guys is that I told dad because he was fall applied in hydrus and I told him I said I don't know everything but I know that this is not an efficient way to do it and so we decided that we wanted to look into different forms of side dressing our nitrogen the first year I was back we did some side dressing just with the coulter machine it's 28 percent and saw some decent results there but yes I mean just very basic weed and feed with the nitrogen followed by a side dress 28% and everything was fall applied broadcast. Yeah. And the one thing that I need to try to hit more on when I talk to you guys is that you had kind of figured out, they're like, man, there's got to be kind of maybe a better way or a more efficient way to be doing this stuff. But the crazy thing is, is that you've relied on up until this point, you've relied on the expertise and the knowledge from supplier that was okay making recommendations that were ultimately based off of lowest input dollar, right? That's kind of why they're recommending these things. You know, do you do fall in, uh, in, in because it's the cheapest, you know, quote unquote, cheapest form of nitrogen and you can get it on early and, and so on and so forth. They really weren't like truly looking out for, for you and what your best interest They're ultimately just order takers saying, Hey, look, you know, this, this is the, the cheapest way to do it. Now that you've kind of seen that and you said, man, there's got to be the better way or a better way to farm. But uh, what kind of led you down the path to look in and what was it? You know, how did you stumble across the Facebook page? Okay, so this is definitely quite the story. And this is, you know, <laughs> you said you're going to, you said you'll touch on it. But, you know, definitely in hindsight, I, I see God's fingerprints all over this. And so... <laughs> That first year, we side-dressed our nitrogen, and we saw decent results, and we, there was a local you know, supplier in our area that was marketing a foliar nitrogen 
product that said you could, you know, you could replace X amount of pounds or you could do all of your side dress if you put, you know, four to five gallons of this product on foliar. Uh, there was no guidance as far to when or how it was done, but we knew the way that we were set up that if we could use our sprayer, we could get all of our corn side dressed in about two and a half to three days. We jumped in on that a little more whole hog, I guess, than we definitely should have. And 2017 for us, for everybody in our area, was a very good year. It was dry planting conditions. And so the roots got off to a really good start. And we got the rains when we needed to. And the first year, we ended up raising the best crop that we ever had. So we were really excited. We're like, awesome. We found our, this management system works. It only took about a year and a half to get there. <laughs> we're very thankful. And, well, then 2018 rolls around, and it was a much wetter year. And we have very good, so we're fortunate to have farm very good soils up here, but they're very heavy. They are high organic matter, but they're also uh, high CEC, you know, into the 20s to the, you know, to the low to mid 20s. And tile is king up here. And we've got some stuff that is just not super, well, it's not drained as well as it should be. Yep. And so 2018 was a rough year. It was just wet all around. And we applied the nitrogen the same way with this foliar product. And about, I would probably say halfway we didn't even get through july and we started to see our corn fire up from the bottom i mean it was just way short and we weren't sure what was going on so we get out in the combine and just the results were not what we needed them to be i mean they were extremely poor and so well you know it worked in 17 2018 was a tough year so okay we'll, we'll do it again in 19 yep well and so then 2019 rolls around, same thing. I mean, it's, it's still, it was still a pretty wet year, but this time we decided to try some different methods of some side dressing. And so, but we still did predominantly with the foliar. And I can just remember the harvest of 2019. That was a pretty rough time for us because we're going out there and we're harvesting and, you know, we're farming ground that has a CSR values of the high 80s, some of them in the low 90s. We're trying to do everything that we think is right. And the results we're getting is, I think our on-farm average there was barely 170 bushels of the acre. We had a lot of 160s. And we just knew that it was, it was just better ground than what that was. And, you know, at the time with $3 corn, the math didn't work out. I can just remember, I'm sitting in the grain cart and I'm calculating the loads that we're pulling off the field. And I'm looking at the number. And I've just got this pit in my stomach. I didn't know what to do because I didn't know where to start. Our corn was yellow and it seemed like it was almost yellow from the get-go. I was doing what we thought we should be doing. I didn't even know like where to begin to look. I turned on a, a Christian radio station and there was a message that was being broadcast that it said, you know, God allows us to go through our trials. We have to remember that. And he also gives us the strength and the option to get through them and to use them as a teaching moment. When I was sitting in the tractor, I basically came to the conclusion that, because at first I was starting to just emotionally disconnect myself from our farm because I knew I didn't know what to do. And in two to three years, if we kept going, you know, generation six, I'm going to be the last. We're not going to be able to stay afloat. And that's going to be the end of Shanks Farms. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was, like I said, it was pretty rough, but I basically, you know, through talking with my dad and through prayer, we decided 
no, we're not going to give up. And if this does go under, we're going to make sure we try absolutely everything that we can. And it was just by, so this is still 2019. It was by chance that a, a friend of mine, because I'd kind of expressed some of our difficulties to him. He worked for a local farmer at the time. And he sent me a video of a better way to farm. And it was just of a guy's grain. It was, he was going through the field and it was his yield monitor and it was, you know, 250, 260, 270. And, you know, the guy was like, yeah, it's like, this is our first or second year doing this. Like, we're super excited. And that's a hundred bushels over, you know, what we're doing and what we're applying. And all he said, all my friends said was, hey, take a look at these guys. I think they've got some cool products. So that was how I got connected to the Facebook page and eventually to the podcast, which really kind of, started the wheels turning and to brought us to your guys's direction. Yeah. And you know, that's one of the cool things about what we do is that you can see it on Facebook or, or even the podcasts and especially the podcasts that were early on, you know, Rod was just spewing out all this information. You know, we have two day fundamentals of agronomy training programs that, you know, even I graduated from Iowa state, go through the agronomy department and, you know, I worked at a co-op and I was, uh, I was actually a seed DSM when I, I met with Preston, who's on the team and he was, uh, one of the, I'm going to call him the, one of the pioneers. He's not that he's that much older than us, but he, uh, you know, really kind of opened up my eyes as well. And it's like, man, there's more to this than just NPK and, and all that stuff. So, and we were, we were able to, you actually, you actually work directly with Nick and the, the team dynamic that we have to working with, you know, us directly. And Nick's got a, a big task at hand, you know, he farms quite a few acres over by Sioux City. So it's nice that, you know, me just being a field rep, uh, you know, I get to talk with you fairly regularly as well. But I remember, I don't know if I've ever told you this story, but you reached out to the Facebook page and Nick got your information and, you know, Nick was new to the sales side, but again, everybody's heard Nick's story. If you haven't heard Nick's story, go back and listen to a few of the podcasts, but uh, he calls me up and he's like, dude, I don't know what to do. I've got this grower, uh, his name's Sam. He farms up in North central Iowa. Like I, you know, I'm, I'm farming and, and I don't, I mean, do I call him or what, what do I do? And it's like, heck yeah, dude, you got to call him. And I remember how excited he was to get a hold of you and for you to be so open to we as a better way to farm have to offer. And I know that meant a lot to Nick, but again, I want to touch on some stories as we go through some meetings because, you know, one of the things that we do is, yeah, we provide this content on social media, but ultimately you've got to come check out those trainings, right? You've got to go to pro ag trainings or, you know, we, it should be no shock to anybody, but we ultimately recommend products from the Conklin company, basically exclusively. That's kind of our main supplier. And so they've got a, for anybody that, you know, wants to look at the different divisions that Conklin has, or even like you uh, wanted to jump in on the sales side as well, because you've got some cool stories but going to those meetings, um, you know, whether it's Conklin Business Seminar, ProAg, or even National Convention, that really, really opens up your eyes to how close we are as is basically an extended family, right? So real quick, I this is one of the things, it's a little off topic, and I hope people will find this interesting because I love this about your story, Sam. But kind of dive into, you know, now we've been able to talk. We've got your account opened up. You, you've got this wholesale account package opened up so that you can get it wholesale price. 
we're getting you to, to the trainings. Tell us, tell me, tell everyone kind of a, about that, about the, well, okay, so now I've got to pay you some money to open up an account. But, you know, what, kind of talk through that fear and then in the programs to follow and, and your thoughts then. Yeah. So when Nick first told me, you know, what it takes to open an account, you know, that was very new to me. You know, it was, I was like, well, I'm wanting to use your products. Why do I need to spend money to open an account up? And I didn't, at that time, I did not understand really the difference between the factory wholesale and the retail price. Yep. Once I looked at that and I saw the amount of savings that we could lock in, I was like, oh, well, that pays for the package right away. And not only that, it's a one-time fee. You know, you're not coming and asking me to, to resubscribe every single year. We pay it and we go forward. And yep. we were in such a, at that time, we were in such a desperate place. I was like, we've got to try something that's radically different. And, you know, this podcast, when I was listening to it, you know, those early episodes that Rod had on, that was one of the first things that had gotten me excited about farming again. It really kind of just reinvigorated my passion and said, there are some simple things that we can already implement into our operation without major investment that we can really unlock some different profits. I was very excited to hear about, you know, the sugar and the manganese and the quality of your guys's of our starter fertilizer and the nitrogen stabilizers. And so I decided I just had this gut feeling that this was something that we needed to do. So I talked to dad and like I said, we were in a place to where we're like, yes, we need to change. And so fortunately he was pretty easy to bring on board. And so we pulled the trigger and we paid the money. We opened up the account and we signed up to go to the pro ag training in Ankeny, not to sound cheesy or anything like that, but the February pro ag in Ankeny in 2000, in the winter of 2020, I will forever look back on. And I'm going to mark that as our turning point for not only our life, but for our entire operation. My dad, he is the man, a genius with his hands, his ability to build and to understand, like he absolutely could have been an engineer. He's just not, he hates studying and different things like that. So a two-day meeting, he was kind of iffy about. He's been back to two of them now. And <laughs> excitedly, I'm, I would not be surprised if he went back to a, to a third one, just because when you we go there, you're not just feeling exhausted, but because we're not getting hit over the head with different products. When, when we go there and we sit there, we look at the agronomy and we look at the science of it. And this is what I always said. I always appreciated about the Conklin company is that they don't fix their agronomy to fit their products. They make their products to fix the agronomy or to meet the agronomy. Yeah. You know, it's like what Rod says, chemistry doesn't lie. The truth is the truth. Either this works or it doesn't. It doesn't matter how fancy of a marketing scheme you have behind it. And so we just went to that meeting and I, we just had all of these ideas of like, oh, we can try this. We can do this. We can do this. And I joke because I got kind of overwhelmed because I wanted to do so much of it. And I knew we weren't set up for it. I have the agronomic mind. You know, dad's kind of the, OK, let's get it done. And so, you know, Nick gave a presentation of how to set stuff up and how to go forward with our system. And I was just stressed. I was like, I don't know how we're going to do this. And dad's like, no, we're going to do this. We're here for a reason. We're going to figure this out. And we went to that meeting. And right after we went to Sprayer Specialties and we eventually found CNR Supply. 
I mean, we went all in. We outfitted our planner for your guys' starter fertilizer system. And we went out and tried to take some soil samples as soon as the ground started to thaw. It wasn't the best, but we knew we had to get a start. And we're getting ready for a third year with the system, but we're just still fine tuning it. Um, but yeah, that meeting, that pro ag meeting, I mean, it, you don't think an agronomy meeting can have such a big effect on your life or on your operation. Yep. Uh, this one, this one absolutely did for us. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, that's one of the things that, you know, when I talk to growers all the time across the U S that's what I say, like, look, you, I cannot do this agronomy training justice. I need to get to the point where I need to do more like Zoom calls or something and literally light myself on fire so that they can see what's <laughs> happening about these meetings because it's absolutely crazy to sit there and to listen to some of the science behind it. And you're like, okay, did they just make this up? And then, you know, when we, we show the slide from, you know, maybe it was some of Denny's research that he did or, or you know, maybe it was some university stuff. But a lot of this stuff comes from old agronomy handbooks that date back to kind of the start of fertility, really. You know, they say, well, we all know, you know, because of basic, you know, soil properties and biology and some chemistry, this is why things work or don't work. And it's absolutely amazing what those can do to really change people's outlooks and change their operation. And I do want to get back to your operation, but I want to dive a little bit deeper into the other meetings. Um, I know that you've been to Conklin Business Seminar now, and you've been to a national convention. And I want you to hit on how important it is to get involved in not only the Facebook pages, and we have some private groups. That's one of the things that you get to do, you know, open up your account, you come on board, talk a little bit about how close and how, again, like, like an extended family we are when you go to Conklin Business Seminar, you go to National Convention. I know that um, I just talked with Tyler Janke, and I know that you were a part of that Conklin Business Seminar that he went to that we got to go afterwards and, and meet the owner of Conklin and all that. Yes. Yeah, so the thing that I have been so impressed with Conklin about is their transparency. And we base in Conklin Business Seminar, you know, you talk to farmers and like, I want to improve my farm. I'm not interested in learning how to sell the product. And that's okay. It's definitely not for everybody. Even when I went, I didn't think I wanted to really get in on the sales side of things. But what that did was it gave me a look behind the curtain, right? It showed me the inner workings of how Conklin as a company works. And yep. it's what I tell farmers when I talk to them too. I said, you know, the farm, this is not a business for us. This is our legacy. This is our lifeblood. The people that we do business with, we are trusting them with that legacy. And going to Conklin Business Seminar and, you know, Charles Herbster, the CEO of the company, he shows up and he's up there and he's talking and sharing his knowledge, but he's also talking just you know, about his Christian values. That was a huge point for me. And then, at the, and then at the end, you know, he took the time, he took us all out for dinner at the very end of it. We got to have supper with him. You just knew that this was different. And that was what we were looking for was we were looking for something different. And what it did was it, it solidified my trust or my position into where we are. And it just excited us going forward. And then we went to the national convention. And honestly, that was just fun. I mean, that was just, that was just an opportunity for me to bring my wife 
and we got to hang out with you guys, you know, and, you're, and it was just a good time and it motivated us. We got to see the successes that people were having within the company. And like I said, this all just was a system that fed on itself that just solidified our position as to where we were. And we're like, yes, we want to invest in doing business with this company uh, because we know that uh, more than anybody in this ag industry, if something goes wrong, if someone's going to fight for us, it'll absolutely be the Conklin company because that's where, you know, Charles is a farmer. That's he understands it better than he's not a businessman or he is, excuse me. He's not just a businessman. He understands the emotional side along with the business side. And that's just invaluable. Yep. Yeah. And I'm going to steal a phrase from some of my mentors. So I got to give a shout out to Preston and to Rod. But, you know, that's one of the things that early on, I heard Preston say this almost every time that we talked with somebody is the the nice thing about Charles and the Conklin company is that Charles knows the difference between a John Deere and a reindeer. And there are a lot of CEOs of some companies, even in the ag world, that don't necessarily know the difference between some of that equipment. And that's Charles Herbster is always out there on the farm when he has the opportunity, whether he's messing with alfalfa or messing with his cattle, he's always out there. So that's fantastic. I had to take that little side note because I know how much those meetings meant to all of us. You know, we, we all got to hang out and how truly family oriented you get that feeling. And it's not something, you know, it's, it's Christian based. We're going there and, and, uh, you know, I have, you know, I'm going to call them outsiders for right now, but you have people say, oh man, you know, you're going down to national convention for, you know, basically almost a week. Holy smokes. You know, that's got to be a big beer fest or whatever. And it's like, no, actually we don't drink a drop of alcohol. We're, we're so busy and we're so, you know, in tune to doing what we're doing. That's not anything that's on the agenda. You know, it's really a Christian based fellowship gathering and that's something that's it's not even a part of it so to me that's so unique especially nowadays i got out of a world where that was the deal you go on a national convention or whatever it's like okay well i can't wait to get there because we gotta you know crack open a the first beer as soon as possible and it's just it's just such a different and and just such an engaging environment and so unlike anything that that's out there currently so when we get back to the farming side of it, you've been to some pro-ags, you've been to some other meetings, you kind of hit on it a little bit earlier, but you're already starting to try some products. And what was kind of the eye-opening thing? You, you ran some soil tests and, and you're trying to get things set up. What was it that first year that you're like, oh, holy smokes, this is crazy. I see now why we're not achieving some of those yields that, that we're kind of striving for. Yeah. So like I said, the, the biggest stressor for us before we met you guys was that we did not know where to start. That was what dad was excited about the most was that, okay, we're going to start to get some answers no matter what, you know, no matter how hard the results may be or how hard it's going to be to get to where we want to be, we're going to have our roadmap. And we also liked that we were able to pull the samples ourselves. We knew that no one's going to do a better job than us because it's, we're the ones that are going to directly benefit from it. Yep. And so we get the soil test and I didn't really know what to look for at first. Looking at our tests, obviously boron was a big one. We say we want it to be at least at 0.8. Ours was at 0.3. Most of them, you know, we've never applied boron and it runs away like nitrogen. So I view it as, well, what would our, our soils wouldn't have much nitrogen if we never applied it. So I would imagine boron would be the same way. Soil test calls for six pints. And so that's a huge limiting factor. 
The big one for us was sulfur. We had never applied sulfur before. And Rod talks about, we like to have those levels at a minimum of 25. Okay. Our levels were at six, maybe. And so it was just like, holy smokes, our P1 and our P2, our phosphorus levels and our pH. Gosh, see, look, there's a bunch of things that I could just go (laughs) on and on about here. And so the lime wasn't being managed the way it should. I'm not going to point fingers on that by any means. We're the ones to blame on that. So that's being rectified. And that was causing a pretty severe phosphorus inavailability, I suppose, in our soils. Some of our pHs were below six and it's, we learned it's like, okay, well, 30% of this dry fertilizer that I'm throwing out there, that's already an inefficient way to do it, is now being immediately tied up because my pH isn't right. We sat down, you know, we had a meeting with you, Nick and Preston, and we said, these are, you know, these are the big ones. These are our limiting factors and here's the solutions. You make the decision, you do what you want with them, but this is what needs to be addressed. You know, we're putting sulfur in with our nitrogen, we're applying the boron and we're row placing and we're finding ways and we're getting ready next year to invest more into our equipment to row place even more of our starter fertilizer and through furrow jets to really get a high concentration band so that we reduce our phosphorus tie up. We're definitely seeing some exciting things and some exciting results. Yeah, and I'm glad you said that because that's literally the next question that I was going to ask you. So share some of those exciting things. You know, that first year out, you kind of changed some things up and here you've been in it for a couple years. So what are those things as you're getting more familiar with the program? What are some of those things that are really starting to shine for you? So we, the first year, we tried a lot of the Conklin system on some of our tougher ground that had some drainage issues. We're like, you know, like, let's see if this stuff really works. I mean, it was the best crops that we had grown on that ground, but it was still under what we wanted because we had such a nasty compaction and a drainage issue. We can have the best fertility in the world, but our roots can't grow through concrete. We need to address that first. And so we were doing different things to take care of that. And so this year we were really able to focus on putting it on our better ground. We were out tissue testing earlier this year and the stand and just the early vigor of our plants, I attribute it to sulfur. And I, of course, attribute it to our readily available orthophosphate, high potassium starter fertilizer. I mean, the stuff just looked fantastic. We really don't have precision planting on our planter. Our stand was, we plant at 34,000 and we're all of our ear counts are pretty much right at 33,000. We just harvested our first cornfield last night. And we always do a, a, a 50-50 rotation because we had abysmal results with our corn and corn. We just could never figure it out. And so, and we didn't even use, but we figured out, you know, the nitrogen to sulfur ratio. So we put on some sulfur and not even as much as I feel that we should have. And we applied the Amplify. We stabilized our nitrogen with the Guardian. We threw manganese in with the tank. We didn't even use the starter fertilizer on this particular field. Okay. In the past, we were extremely lucky if we could get our corn on corn to 170 bushel. Last night, we went out there and it was at about 19 to 20% and it came out at 217 bushels to the acre. So dry, we're at like, you know, what, 205, 206. And we broke, our goal for our good ground was to break 200. And we just, by implementing a few things, we just, we cleared it <laughs> with our corn on corn ground. I mean, Tyler, I cannot, I, I can't even put into words 
what that meant or what that felt like. Because for years, I was watching my dad and myself just, we hated the job that we loved so much, if that makes sense. We were just getting exhausted and the bills were piling up. Everything else was getting more expensive and we didn't know what to do. And we're just scratching the surface. The fact that we already got that result. I mean, to say that we're finally excited for harvest again would be an understatement. Oh, that's fantastic, man. I didn't know that, dude. Congrats. That's huge. Thank you. So yeah, Nick yeah, probably doesn't was, even know. Nick and Preston right. probably don't even know, do they? No, no, that just happened last night. Oh, sweet. Well, I might either wait for you to tell them the story or wait for this podcast to drop for them to find out. I don't know if I want to. Sure. I'll, wait, I'll wait for you to share that, dude. That's okay. awesome. <laughs> that's fantastic. So uh, so then I, I, I want to share this, but then I got to get back to, to that real quick because that just drives home one of the points that I wanted to make. But we we are working with some growers up in that area. You know, Levi comes to mind and, and Victor um, just east of you come to mind. And, you know, th- there are growers that we work with that farm thousands and thousands of acres. And I don't want to completely put you on the spot. If you're okay and comfortable sharing, not, not the exact acres, but if, are you okay sharing the number of acres that you guys farm? Yeah, between dad and I, we're at about 1,700 acres now yep. between between dad and I. Yep. So, but it, it doesn't have to be, you know, the guys that are farming 8,000 acres or even, you know, 1,700 acres. You know, we're working with growers that even farm, you know, 150 acres or 300 acres. You know, this system and what we do, it, it's really ultimately it comes down to what you guys can put into your operation, right? Yes. And I really view, you know, if a farmer's out there and you're and you're thinking to yourself, hey, I only farm 100, I only farm 200, maybe even less acres. This probably isn't for me. I could not disagree more because that gives you the ability to implement different and have the time to implement different management practices. See, because for so many farmers in our area say we have too many acres to cover starter fertilizer. Even if the agronomy is screaming at us to say, hey, this is the way to go, we just don't have time. And when it's time to plan, it's time to plan. I can't tell you how many times I've, I've heard that argument uh, come up through conversations. And so, and we've actually just, you know, I have no issue sharing things about our operation is uh, we rent most of our land and we have had some sold and they were offered to us, but we bought what we could, uh, but still we weren't able to, you know, to purchase as much as we had. And so coming out of college, it was always more acres, more acres, more acres. How can I get our operation to be big and to be 5,000 acres? This mindset just switched with me when you guys, when Rod was talking about, Hey, you know, we do this because we want to have time for our families. What would it mean if we farmed less and had more time to do it right and still produce the same amount of bushels, if not more, if we squeezed out more profit, it's like, well, yeah, that sounds pretty good to me. And so, you know, from we were at, I'd probably say just over 2000 acres. And so we're down about 300, 350. And our production, our bu- the amount of bushels we were producing is very similar to that level right now. Uh, we'll definitely <laughs> see what we get when we uh, get into the field uh, to all of our cornfields this fall. And I attribute so much stuff to God handling of our situations when it doesn't make sense to us and i just had have this feeling and i still do at god said sam you guys 
you need to rebuild your foundation and you need to get this right. And then if you want to grow, then we can grow with a better foundation underneath us. And so the fact that we're able to depreciate our machinery less, that we're able to spend more time with our family and still have similar production. I mean, it's fantastic. I just can't even put it into words. <laughs> you know, I'm rambling a little bit, but I'm very passionate about this. And yep. just it's done a lot. It's done a lot for our farm and it's done so much for our mental health and for our family. Well, dude, it's, I, I mean, I can, I can feel your passion through the audio, man. I, that's awesome. I, I was excited about this conversation. And, and now that we get through this podcast and recording, dude, I am, am so thrilled uh, to get this to the editor so that we can get this out there. I know how passionate you are about this. And, and I know the circumstance that, that brought you to us and, and got you through this. So I've got to ask as we get this thing wrapped up, try to take some of that emotion and that passion and really, really drive home with, with the people, the growers that are listening to this, or, or maybe, maybe it's someone that's just listening to this for education, but maybe they know somebody that they could share this with. When you get those persons, whether it's a large farmer or a small farmer, and they come up and say, ah, yeah, maybe I just, maybe I just want to try. I, I just don't know, Sam, what, what I, I don't know. What can you say to them to drive home the point that this is something that they have got to do and, and they've got to do it now? So we can feel the winds of our entire industry changing with, especially this year with the supply chain. We go to a farm show and I always tell dad when we get, when we get, go back from those and we look at the machinery and they're like, oh yeah, this sprayer is, $450,000. And this combine without a head is $600,000. And I look at dad and I'm just like, how are we still here? And we have to change and we have to absolutely adapt and to do things better. Our farm's life changed because a friend of mine shared me a Facebook video with me of a guy's yield monitor. The way that we view life is that if we think we see an open door, you know, we go through it. And if that door closes, okay, we look for another one. But if the doors keep opening, then it proves and it shows that we're on the right track. And so the farmers who are listening to this, there's two groups. Those of you who are producing good amounts and you're happy with where you are, I can promise you that you can be more efficient and you can even produce more with less. And you can get, we can get our soils because we're going, we're testing them and we're going forward with a purpose and with a plan to get our soils in the best shape of their life. And so that in five, in 10, in 15 years from now, we're not slowing down any. We're only continuing to up the ante and to raise the bar. And that for future generations, if they want to continue our farming legacy, we have the ability to pass that on to them. And for the farmers who, if you were where we were, and if you're struggling, and if you're frustrated, and all of this bad news is getting you down. I understand we were there and I, I know the feeling. And I just, I want you to know this. You're not failing. There's a better way and there's a better system out there. And so, like I said, it was just an inkling and listening to a podcast. And we, went, we decided to go to a meeting. We decided to go to a two-day meeting. And we just kept going from there. And it's, we're getting ready to start our third year. And we're in a place now that I did not expect to be. And the reason that I'm really excited is because we're just getting started. And it's also because I know that there's still so many knobs that we can turn and fine tune and to get better going 
forward. There is not a better company to put your trust in. There's not a better system to put your farm in. We're going ahead full-fledged and we're not looking back and we're just praising God every step of the way. Yeah, absolutely, Sam. That was fantastic, man. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't have said it any better. That was absolutely unbelievable, bud. So I've got to thank you for the time. I know we we both got to jump off of here. We greatly appreciate the conversation, but it was fun. It was exciting. I'm super thrilled about what you guys have in store. I'm excited about seeing you guys at, at the next upcoming event. So thank you very much for your time. Yes. Thanks so much for the time as well, Tyler. We, we love to tell our story whenever possible. Hope we can uh, give somebody else hope or give somebody else direction like it did for us. Yep, absolutely. And we hope you enjoyed today's conversation with Sam. And we ask that you please review our content and drop a comment. We also ask that you follow A Better Way to Farm on Facebook and like and share that page with your family, your friends, or anyone that you may know that'll find value in what we do. We also, again, just opened up an online apparel store. So go check out our swag and show us what you picked up the next time we see you, maybe one of those pro ag events. We hope that you have a better day. Thank you for joining us this week on the A Better Way to Farm podcast. If you found value in this episode, we would appreciate you rating us on iTunes or simply sharing with a friend. If you like this show, be sure to subscribe and tune in next time for serious secrets about profitable farming.